the Incomparable Podcast. Number 81, March 2012. This is the Incomparable number 81. And originally we were going to do something that wasn't related to our last two episodes, the Incomparable Movie Draft. But instead, the the uh, response has been so amazing, and also we wanted to fill another episode, that we're back for part three of two of the Hooray! Incomparable Movie Draft. Uh, Can't get enough. This is the Aftermath edition, and we are going to be... Uh, covering a bunch of ground we've got some uh we've got the specifics if you didn't read it on the web of when um all the screenings of our fictional film festival will be taking place um we're going we have some of your feedback uh you actually many of you voted on which days you would like to buy a ticket for so we'll get into that and um and we've also got a couple of participants on the incomparable panel who were not here for the draft who are going to share uh, their thoughts about the draft or why they couldn't make it in the case of one. It's a horrible story that I can't wait to hear. <laughs> so let me explain. Uh, why are we here again? Yeah, we're here to we're here to fill an episode. Episode 81, Dan. This is why. So so that voice you heard is Dan Morin. Dan Morin was a participant in the in the podcast, uh, in the movie draft, and he is here again because he is contractually obligated to appear. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. I've since I don't have any movies, I've been drinking heavily. I hope that's okay. Uh, I I recommend it. In fact, I All might right. kick you off you if you weren't. Scott Done. McNulty is also here. Hi, Scott. Hello. It's good to have you here again. My pleasure. Another movie drafter, Serenity Caldwell, is here. Hi. Hello. It's good to have you as well. It is good to be here, uh, I think. Steve Lutz, also here, also a movie drafter. Hi, Steve. Good evening to you, sir. Good evening. Uh, we don't have Glenn or John. Oh. Uh, Glenn... Darn. Yeah, Glenn is... Uh, Glenn so is watching so the, German films. There'll be less negativity and, and, breathing less, heavily. and less breathing, yes. <laughs> uh, but like in, Glenn or Darth Vader, we, I can't actually tell. We've traded them in for Greg Noss. Hi, Greg. Whose understudy am I? You're, you're Syracuse's, <laughs> and you get to re- reverse oh, all his decisions God. about The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Lex Friedman, I guess you get to um, breathe heavily. Thank you. I look forward to doing good. so. Breathing is good. It keeps you alive. Um, let's uh, let's get started with, uh, before we get into some of the other details, I wanted to go through, I asked everybody to put together a, uh, a list of the running time, the sort of uh, the, the show times for their days of the film festival. And uh, I, I put a very bare bones version of this in the poll that we ran last week, asking people to buy either vote for up to three or just check the box for buying the week long pass. Uh, for the for this fake film festival of ours, and actually, it turned out that several people did a little bit more than I asked, which was great. And I didn't put it in because I didn't want to. I didn't want to go back and get everybody to to do that same level of high quality, especially for Steve. Steve's you just you just wanted to sink me in the poll. I did. That's I did, and I succeeded. Um, so, so I don't. Maybe, maybe you should announce the results of the poll, just so those who failed to uh, vote for my day can see what they actually are missing out. Well, on. Well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read the days, and then I will announce the results of the poll. All so, right. um, so Serenity Caldwell, your three part themed day begins with Flights of Fancy. You have at noon the Rocketeer, followed by at two p.m. Metropolis. Uh, then the screwball dining extravaganza, dinner included, is at 5 p.m. That's bringing up baby. And then there we have the fakery double feature. There will be no intermission. F for fake at 7.30, followed by the Brothers Bloom at 9 p.m. What are you so serving much for dinner, conning. by the way, to uh, go along with bringing up baby? I, not leopards, that's mm, for sure. Oh, veal. You can do that in Maybe. Idaho, you know. Not lion cutlet, yeah, exactly. Uh, yes, uh, that 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 is very nice. Um, Glenn Fleischman uh, did not submit a running time, <laughs> so I, so I chose I chose this, and I'm going to kick off with his strongest performer at 2 p.m. Funny Bones with Jerry Lewis and Oliver Platt. Funny Bones at two, at four, Brother from Another Planet, at six, Wings of Desire, at eight, Blade Runner, and at ten, there can only be one 10 o'clock showing, and it is Highlander. <laughs> Because afterwards, everybody except one person in the audience kills themselves. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one guy left at ten. Going out and on it's a Glenn. strong note. Yeah, um, <laughs> Scott's day. Scott McNulty. You have Monty Python and the Holy Grail at noon, kicking it off. Little lunch. Bring a sandwich. Two p.m. The Hudsucker Proxy. Spam. Four p.m. The Iron Giant. Little uh, matinee for the kids. You know, for kids. 
Oh, wait, sure. that's a two. Okay. 6 p.m., Forbidden Planet. At 8 p.m., Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And at 10 p.m., a second showing of Star Trek II to accommodate <laughs> all those who couldn't get into the theater for the first showing. You know, the only thing better than Star Trek II is two viewings of Star Trek II. I was just relieved that Star Trek Three wasn't on afterward. Oh, no, well, that's the next day. That would no. be a bad idea. Uh, Steve Lutz. Yes. You have on your day at, at 1 p.m. processional mm-hmm. invocation, welcome address, and the airing of grievances. Uh, you know, I, I'm all about uh, formality. Yes. I know that about you. At 1.10 p.m. So that, that, that all that takes 10 minutes about. <laughs> at 1.10 p.m., a short subject. It is the Incomparable Podcast presents The Phantom Empire Chapter 5. That's I've heard that's choice, great. By the way, yeah, it is. And for those of you out there who haven't haven't seen it, uh, we did actually do a riff track style mystery science theater style riff on this ridiculous short starring Gene Autry, TV cowboy, and you can find it, and uh, and or you can come to Steve's day and you'll see it. It goes really well with that's a right. nice Pinot Noir. It does. That's a nice pairing. At one thirty p.m. after the incomparable podcast presents the Phantom Empire Chapter Five, we have Babe, rated G. Woo-hoo! At 3.02 p.m., after Babe immediately ends, because he's timed it to the minute, 92 minutes, uh, McRibs and Bacon Martinis will be served on the mezzanine following, right. uh, following the showing of Babe. So a little snacking, snack and social for the, the pig movie. You can have some And it's also good martinis. preparation for what comes next. Also, Bacon Martinis. What is in a Bacon Martini besides vodka and bacon? Bacon, vodka, and... Uh, <laughs> and uh, bacon. A, a whisper of vermouth, as we used to say, where you lean over the glass and you go... <laughs> All right, fair enough. Okay. And at 3.20 then, you go back into the theater for Dawn of the Dead. At, at 5.30 p.m., there's a break for dinner. The theater will be hosed down and disinfected. Haggis and breath mints will be available for purchase in the <laughs> lobby. At 6 p.m., the breakfast club. At 7.35 p.m., the former Brack, Brat Pack members uh, convene and serve popcorn in the theater while discussing all their many independent projects that they are currently involved with. Uh, And five minutes later, alien will be shown (laughs) (laughs) at nine 40 PM chest brewskis unwind with a delicious red lager served in a whimsical beer bong shaped like an alien face hugger. This is the most, and the minute I wrote that I I felt I really needed to go out and actually make one of those. There has somebody has to have made must, one of those at be. some point. Yeah. At 10 p.m. Caddyshack, and <laughs> at 11:40 p.m. Farewell and thanks, recessional and complimentary delousing. Always important. Yes. John Syracuse's day at the theater is 10 a.m. The game. Uh, 12:30 p.m. Okay. The Godfather. You see, it starts early with can John because he can chose I just really long note movies. for the record that the game is surrounded by Seven and Fight Club, and he picked that Fincher movie. <laughs> Yeah, interesting choices. Yeah, I don't really like Seven. But anyway, um, 12.30 p.m., The Godfather. 3.30 p.m., The Godfather Part 2. <laughs> 7 p.m., Kill Bill. <laughs> and at 11 p.m., if you can stay awake, The Empire Strikes Back. You could never fall asleep no. during The Empire Strikes Back. I haven't Back. heard of that movie. No, you gotta, you got to stay awake to get to it. I haven't seen that movie. Mm. <sighs> Dan Morin, Come on. your day. Uh, begins at noon with rear window as it should a classic at 2.30 we move ahead in time to Lawrence of Arabia did you know Dan that your movies are in chronological order I did you know I I tried to organize them sort of thematically and then as I put them down I realized I'm actually ending up in chronological order but I think that is that is the way to watch them so so Lawrence of Arabia there will be an intermission there because that is a very long movie at 7 p.m. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid at 9 p.m. Raiders of the Lost Ark and a little black comedy at 11 p.m., gross point blank. Just to wind it down. Yeah. Professional killer. You get dental with that? My day begins at 1 p.m. with a princess bride. 3 p.m., you'll see Groundhog Day. At 5 p.m., Apollo 13. At 7.45, this is Spinal Tap, right in the prime slot there. And at 9.30 p.m., uh, Goodfellas, Martin Scorsese's movie before he made movies about kids and clocks. Your day, Jason, is, is the only day where I've already seen all the movies involved. Wow. Well, now I feel bad. Suck. I vote for Dan. So, <laughs> so uh, here's how you voted. Uh, our, uh, our eighth place 
And yes, there were only seven contestants, but our eighth place winner, <laughs> it's an honor just to finish placed, is Steve Lutz. Yay! Hooray! Essentially tied. Do I get my gold medal now? One vote away from Glenn Fleischman, who placed seventh. So uh, you were robbed, Steve. You were tied. You I, were I agree. I should vote just to tie you with Glenn. <laughs> um, Serenity Caldwell, you are in sixth place. Um, the week-long pass buying all seven. So in a way, all of you finished fifth. <laughs> in, the week, in a way that doesn't involve all of you in winning. In the though. week-long pass. That's right. Uh, Scott McNulty in fourth place with uh, 32 votes received by Scott McNulty. Fourth place. Third place, mm. Dan Morin. Well done. 38 votes. Thank you. I'm just happy to beat out Scott, really. Uh, despite being so hor- close. horribly crippled by having to pick last in every round, I placed second with 50 votes. And, of course, you know, John Syracuse won, so he doesn't even need to be here to take a victory lap. He's John, just, John Syracuse just wrote a Pearl script that voted for himself. That's probably what happened. Anyway, so John Syracuse was the, uh, was the winner, followed by me and then Dan. Mm, Look at that. I was so close to a place on the podium. Yeah, I know. Nobody remembers the fourth place. Nope. It was who's, Scott McNulty. Who's, yeah, see, who's, who's Scott McNulty? <laughs> All right. Thank you. So that that is uh, so. Thank you everybody for voting, and that that is our, our wrapping up our tour of the uh, of the days of this fake uh, film festival. Now, somebody actually wrote in and said um, that they really wish this would be a uh, a real film festival. I'm trying to find the. Uh, I've got it down here. It's Listener Adam. We'll call him Listener Adam. He said, it saddens me deeply that you won't be hosting an actual film festival. Make it happen. And he recommends the Alamo Draft House in Austin, Texas. That'd be lovely. We're all going to Austin, Texas. So road trip. We need to tell Adam a particular date and tell him to be there. Just all by himself. (laughs) He's the one guy left after Highlander's over. (laughs) We've got, we got some other comments that I, I guess I'll go through now. Um, Guy English, not a pseudonym, although it sounds like a fake name. And this is a friend of Dan Morin's, in fact. He, and a noted supernatural aficionado. Yes, he is a fan of yes, supernatural, he's my, He was my mentor. So anything he says is immediately sponsor, suspect. I guess you should say. Yeah, so, so he wrote For in and said... drug pusher? This is what he said. He said, he said, Gattaca, big fish, dog day afternoon, do the right thing. It's like I win without being even, even being invited. You all stink. <laughs> to which I pointed out that he only picked four and therefore he lost. And so he, he backed <laughs> off. And Jason, to be fair, he's Canadian. Yeah. So that was a metric. So, so he sent in an alternate list. So this is Guy's alternate list. Blood in, blood out. The Godfather Part 3. The Transformers with Orson Welles. <laughs> and <laughs> Runaway with Tom Selleck. So Guy English wins. I like Transformers with Orson Welles. Yeah. That's the last That's performance. And Leonard Nimoy, I believe. Isn't uh, Kiss singer Gene Simmons in in Runaway too? Why, yes, he is. Yes, and he's quite good in it. Mm. Well, we'll see that on Guy's Day of his own imaginary Canadian festival. So, yes, unlike our imaginary American, it, it festival. will be it will be followed immediately by a supernatural marathon. I make it a personal policy <laughs> not to go to anything be. called Guy's Day. Guy's Day, <laughs> dude's day. Uh, but he's an English guy. Guy English listener Aaron uh, threw out <laughs> Clockwork Orange, Casablanca. Annie Hall, Memento, and Young Frankenstein. I was actually a little surprised that um, Mel Brooks didn't get more love in the uh, in the draft, but he didn't. Uh, listener John, not John Syracuse, although he says, uh, or I, is I it? think I give the title dun, of dun, film dun, festival dun. champion to John Syracuse. Wait a second, mm, it could actually be yes. awfully suspect. Mm, he said he said John's list is just packed, but, but he says it's a toss up with Blank Baby with with Scott McNulty himself. Uh. Wow. Look at that. There you go. But in the end, he gave it to himself because it's just a smokescreen. It's just using a fake Twitter ID. Um, Listener Ian actually gave a rare compliment to Glenn saying (laughs) another discerning film film choice with Brother from Another Planet. Just saw it again this weekend. Um, Steve, you saw Funny Bones, didn't you? Indeed, I did. Can you give us uh, a little bit of a report on that? Ah. I, I kind of <laughs> is that a heavy breathing. I kind of don't want to because I, I I got it from Netflix and was shocked to find that there was a brief wait, um, which means that Glenn probably had it. <laughs> no, that's the power of the incomparable. It, it, Glenn, when you listen to this podcast, remember I'm barely on it. So when you kill everybody else, <laughs> skip me. <laughs> it uh, it could not have been the incomparable because I actually. 
uh, put it on my queue prior to the airing of the second episode. Uh, all right, so, so they're just the, their one so, disc of it was out. Yeah, just, it, ahead it, of the it rush. Glenn. It was absolutely Glenn. Anyway, uh, once he sent it back, uh, it did arrive in the mail, and, and I was really hoping that it was going to be awful. And <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> I have to report that we're just going to have to tweak Glenn on all the usual levels and leave Funny Bones off, because I actually thought it was pretty good. All right. I was surprised. I, I don't want to go into too much detail about it because I think part of the reason I enjoyed it so much is it's very unique, and I've never really quite seen another film like it. And uh, and and I think part of the joy of that was having not heard a single thing about it, and also the fact that I expected it to be absolutely awful. Oh yeah, yeah. Certainly. I mean, uh, even Glenn, all he could really say about it was Jerry Lewis is in it, and <laughs> and, and in this film, Jerry Lewis tells terrible jokes. Huh. So and and then I saw the How does it uh, distinguish it from every other Jerry Lewis film. Well, yeah, exactly. Was, that's the question, right? And then I saw the uh, the DVD cover, which is which adds to the sensation that it's a complete stink bomb. I mean, it's just I think Oliver Platt walking in one way, and Jerry Lewis turned around walking the other way, and it mm. looks it looks not so good. Um, but yeah, I watched it. It has the word zany on it, and it wasn't really zany although it did have clowns which if you're the type of person that shies from clowns as i am uh you know i i I continue to watch it because uh because i was just shocked i was in shock having witnessed the first clown and so i watched the rest of the film uh unable to actually turn the thing off but uh so it's unique and pretty good you say it was unique and uh and not all that funny actually that's perhaps the one thing that i that I can say that's sort of negative about it is it's, it's sort of like, it reminds me a little bit of, uh, you remember, um, studio 60. <laughs> yes. Yes. When, <laughs> when we, we were repeatedly told that, uh, what was it? Danny trip. Was he the writer or was the, Ren can tell us. No, is it Matt, no, Matt, Danny, Danny is Matt the, was the, the writer. producer. Matt. He's okay. We, we were told that he's this, you know, super genius and he's absolutely hilarious. And then what we get is what a Gilbert and Sullivan cold open. Yes. That that What's wasn't even Gilbert funny and for Gilbert Sullivan. and Sullivan. It, it and, just uh, wasn't funny. Yeah. And, uh, and, I disagree. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is, uh, is present in Funny Bones where um, you know, we keep being told that these guys are absolutely hilarious and then we see their routines and it's something other than hilarious. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a bit with, uh, with Lee Evans where he's basically miming what's going on on the radio in this extremely frenetic fashion. And technically you you look at it and you appreciate it because you know he's he's really doing a great job of acting it out but it's not actually funny and you're watching this crowd laugh uproariously as though they as though they think it's the funniest thing they've ever seen and yet it's just it's just not happening so i wouldn't watch it for humor's sake but it's a very interesting film and i think I probably will watch it again before I send it back just so I can get a better feel for, for what I really think about it. But it's, it's definitely worth a watch. I, I wouldn't put it in my top five, certainly. But uh, as far as additional ways with which I can abuse Glenn, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to vie off. How does it compare to Highlander? I've never gotten around to see High, seeing Highlander. I have to admit. Oh, now you're missing out. Are there bones? Uh, there are, there is mention of, of bones of okay. the funny variety briefly okay, by Jerry right. Lewis. Cause you said it wasn't very funny and it's like, it's in the title. So, right, right. And Jerry Lewis does not, uh, he's, he's basically just present in a variety of scenes. So <laughs> you would expect that to bring the funny quotient up quite a bit, but it, it, it doesn't. doesn't. Okay. Thank you for that report. That's our, yes. uh, that's our, uh, film Glenn, Glenn film correspondent, Steve, uh, <laughs> reporting back about funny bones. We've done some reconnoitering. Um, but you didn't watch any German films, did you? I did not. I did not watch uh, Der Schleckner Neckler Fleckler or whatever it is that he was talking about. <laughs> right. Uh, although I was going to give Wings of Desire a shot at some oh, yeah, point. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Because I, I have heard good things about that from other sources. But yeah, Funny Bones was, was pretty good. I would, I would recommend it. I All would right. recommend at least giving it a shot because it is very, it was entertaining and it was, it was definitely different. All right. Um, sort of like Glenn. <laughs> getting back to the um, getting back to the the listener feedback. Uh, uh, listener David uh, had a compliment for me, just uh, praising the con 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 four way pun. It was right there, and I took it. But I'm glad that it made your morning, <laughs> listener David. You're welcome. 
You can't have resisted. Oh, my God. <laughs> listener Dan, also all off the air. I believe not Dan Morin, but listener Dan said um, he just finished part two of the draft. The excellent work. Some people didn't do that before writing in. And he said he'd buy a ticket for John Syracuse. So, Dan, you've been betrayed by one of your own Dan's. I, uh, that's actually me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very awkward. This is the problem when Dan, when Dan uh, loses out on Empire Strikes Back. Listener Adam, uh, and Steve and I interacted with listener Adam on Twitter over this. He said, how much would it cost to have the cast come to my house and say, eat it, Snell, uh, to dance of the reed flutes? <laughs> and it turns out he that's lives a in, good choice. He turns out he, um, he lives in Wisconsin and Steve and Adam are negotiating how much beer and cheese has to be involved for Steve Dakota? That's right. Wisconsin. I think I requested uh, free reign to Bernie Brewer's slide for about <laughs> half right. an hour, and then all the eatage you you can uh, you can eat as much eatage as possible. Listener William tossed in his picks: um, Forrest Gump, Schindler's List. It's a contrast. <laughs> almost almost famous. Race <laughs> together, by which the way. is a good one. I love almost famous uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which of course we picked. So that doesn't you don't get that one. And Rango, uh, Oscar winner Rango. Um, listener Tom made his picks local hero before sunset Nausicaa which of course uh, John can't pick because he doesn't pick Miyazaki movies because he loves them too much to pick them Uh, Jaws and the usual suspects good ones Um, listener Dylan repeatedly begged that somebody pick Jurassic Park (laughs) keep begging (laughs) Dylan sorry (laughs) Uh, and, and premature listener Stanley wrote in after listening to episode 79 and said, how can you folks talk about the funniest movies and not mention Monty Python? Wait for it. Wait for it. We hope you're happy now that you are no longer (laughs) premature listener Stanley. So, so now Greg and Lex, you, you did not participate in the original podcast. Greg, that's true. Greg made many threats before the podcast. if, (laughs) If star Wars wasn't picked and it wasn't. Um, and we'll get to Greg's picks in a moment, but Lex, I wanted to start with you. Um, Lex, you were scheduled, and in fact, anybody who has not listened to the After Dark for our episodes <laughs> of seventy nine and eighty should, because I, it's actually really funny, and we and we mention lots of movies that were on our list that we didn't pick. But you'll also hear all of our attempts to include Lex um, when we it thought very when we thought he was going to be there, and Steve did a prospector voice and. We were going to edit it all together later, and then and then Lex never came. So now Lex, explain to me what you were going to be on the podcast, and then and then it turned out at the last minute that you couldn't. Uh, why was I, that? Now nobody uh, put on their list The Exorcist, uh, <laughs> nor would I, I considered it. Uh, but there there is a scene uh, that involves copious amounts of vomit. And I would say that the uh, the five year old in my home vastly exceeded the quantities of vomit shown wow. in that film. Oh, and while so, we were drafting movies, the the I you know it's I'm literally put, putting her to sleep and saying, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm getting ready now to start. No, no I'm sorry, she'd been asleep for a couple hours because this it was uh, your time, not my time. Um, and so, but she's been asleep. I'm checking on her. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm now gonna go in and and do this podcast. And right as I go in to check on her, she wakes up and starts uh, throwing up everywhere, and it was horrible. <laughs> she saw Glenn's um, lip. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, she's fine now she was really well, fine then but not uh, not a fan of the incomparables but i i kept i kept i was texting uh dan and, and ren and saying hey i think i can be there in 20 minutes and then i just saw how many more things were dirty and how much more about was in there. like you know what it's just it's just not gonna happen and it did not happen and it did but not. i'm here now so do you have uh, you now we and we also joke that there are lots of movies that you haven't seen well we don't joke about it we state it as a fact because it's, it isn't right <laughs> But welcome to our spin-off podcast. <laughs> yes, it's what what do we call it? not showing it's, it, it's with not Lex, playing. Not, not showing not, not, playing, not playing with Lex Friedman. With Lex Friedman. So Lex, do you have have you seen five movies that are available that you could pick? My, I yes. I have a list of fourteen and the five that I narrowed it down to it was very hard. It was like, you know, killing children. But uh the Vom- five that I narrowed vomiting down to, children, perhaps. Yes. Well th- those are easier to kill. But uh They're slippery. I all five of them, I would say, qualify as comedies because I'm a simple person, and I think only two of them could really qualify as nerdy. But here we go, in no particular order. The five greatest movies that I would put in my draft are My Cousin Vinny. Which I just saw for the first time yesterday. Really? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it, yes. 
Okay. It's funny. I believe that My Cousin Vinny is one of the best paced movie comedies of all time. And it's just written. It's, I mean, the writing is really tight. Marissa Tomei's Oscar came from that yeah, movie. It's true. Indeed. Which I, well, the I phrase Marissa Tomei's Oscar exists. <laughs> Fred Gwynn is the I'll, judge. Yes, yeah, I saw that cute? movie in college and was not expect. I picked it up kind of as a rainy day movie and was not expecting it to be as smart and funny as it actually was. I mean, I have seen that movie easily. 30, 40, 50 times, and wow. I still enjoy new things about it each time I see it. I'll watch it when the other on. movies instead, though. You know, yeah. them a little bit. <laughs> when Joe Pesci gets shot in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that, that's one of the things that, that makes that movie so surprising and delightful is that, you know, coming off and, of Goodfellas. And, and wacky, I think, is the word you're looking for. There. Zany? Wacky? Right. No, Zany. wacky. Very specifically wacky. wacky. I, and also, I would say that Ralph Macchio gives the performance of a lifetime. But, <laughs> but he doesn't sweep the leg. I thought the Karate Kid was his performance of a lifetime. I've never seen that one. Oh. <laughs> oh. Played right into our hands. <laughs> we should have, I wish I had a little jingle that where, where, where professional singers Not said, playing. Lex hasn't seen it. <laughs> oh, that can be arranged, Jason. Honestly, can you go through life without having heard wax on, wax off? No, I mean, I can appreciate the references. I just never actually saw <laughs> Lex hasn't seen <laughs> it. Okay, so that's number one. You've got, you've got it, and it's not the Karate Kid. Number two. My cousin Vinny, got it. <laughs> number two is the first of two uh, Michael J. Fox appearances on my list, and it is Back to the Future. And I went with the original because it's, I think, the most classic of the right. three classics. But, I mean, the entire trilogy is excellent, right. but it's the original Back to the Future. And the reason I can praise Back to the Future so greatly is... You've seen it. In... The, yes. In the modern world, if your fictional creation, whether it's book, movie, television, whatever, if it follows the rules of time travel as established by Back to the Future, you don't have to explain them because you can assume that people's understanding, people's modern understanding of how time travel would, could, or should work yeah. is as established by Back to the Future. You only have to explain your rules if they differ because Back to the Future has become the norm. And I think that's that's a very impressive feat for a mid-80s movie there, to achieve. There's actually an episode of Doctor Who, which is a show that predates Back to the Future by 20 years, but it's been on for Ooh. 50 years. So um, where where to explain something about time travel, they make a reference to Back to the Future. It's like, well, wait a second. <laughs> wait, but you're, but, but if people I know my it. understanding of time travel is paradoxes are re- resolved by people disappearing from the feet up. In photos. I think it wars with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure for me in terms of you know time travel mechanics. Paradoxes begin at ground level, Greg, and then they move it's, it's, up. <laughs> it's science. It's you clear. I agree, I agree that the, the, photo, the fading photo is ridiculous, but I think it works very well as a storytelling device. So I'm willing – I'll, I'll yeah. allow it. Uh, thank you. Also, sweet, sweet car. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Back to the Future is not as hard science fiction as I had hoped. <laughs> <laughs> what said? I mean, Gene Siskel. What? It's got plutonium and Libyans terrorists. I just showed Back to the Future yesterday to my eight-year-old daughter, and she loved it. Yeah, my kids. But loved I was it. surprised at how much cursing got by yeah, on yes. the PG rating. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. A lot. I popped it in and said to my kids, "It's PG. That means there's parental guidance. So I'll, if if you need guidance, I'll guide you." Ha ha! I laugh, and then he he starts <laughs> dropping uh, dropping four letter words, and I'm like, "Guidance." Guidance. <laughs> that was a bad word. I'm guiding you, and my daughter's like, "Yes." Was that your Jerry Got Lewis it. impression just then? <laughs> I was. I was also guidance, lady. <laughs> guidance, Jason. If you don't, if you don't guide your kids about time travel, they're just going to learn about it on the street. I know it's true. It's, it's true. To the moon. I was also quite ah. surprised by how much uh, expository talk there is from Michael J. Fox, which actually turned out to be great because I, I kept. Uh, Finding myself pointing out, okay, well, you know, he's setting the time back so that, you know, he can uh, he can get back in time to save Doc Brown from the Libyans, and then he actually says, "I'll set the time back so I can save <laughs> Doc Brown from the Libyans." So it, it, but it's Michael J. Fox saying it. It doesn't seem annoying. It was a simpler it, time. Oh, it didn't seem that irritating, it. but actually, it was great for the eight-year-old because I, I after a while, I just sat back and went, "Cool. Well, I'll just I'll wait for him to this, point it out." This movie explains itself. And I would say it's it's the only movie on my list I believe that has implied uh, incest. So that's that's <laughs> well, a <there> distinction. <laughs> and uh, uh, winner Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd was in Star Trek Three. So that's right. it. All comes right around. He was a Klingon. It does. He was. Movie number with Star three. Trek Four, which has time travel. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. 
my cousin Vinny, I enjoyed the first time I saw it, although I was really too young to appreciate many of the scenes. Uh, this next movie, I, it's the one I would say that I'm closest to being embarrassed about for having it on my list, but I believe it gets funnier and funnier with repeat viewings. And it is the Julia Roberts Hugh Grant vehicle, mm. Notting Hill. Oh, Notting Hill. Notting Hill's a good, good movie. Movie. It's I a really good movie. I saw it and liked it. I've only seen it the one time. But the the only problem I have with Notting Hill, even though I love it, is that Hugh Grant really has no reason to fall for and be in love with Julia Roberts's <laughs> character, other than the fact that you know she's a movie star. But she is just horrible to him for about ninety eight percent of the film. <laughs> but it's well, that's Hugh half Grant. the reason you fall in love most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it wrong from a distance. But I mean that movie is very uh, the the Britishisms in that movie are excellent, um, which I'm sure Dan Warren could appreciate. And it's uh, being British, it's, cheerio, mate. Yes, <laughs> but it's I don't know. It's 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 very very nicely. It's not just well written. It's so nicely performed. The, the the performances, especially from Hugh Grant, it's 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 like the classic Hugh Grant role where he can put all of his stammering and yammering to the max, and uh, stammering and yammering are two separate things that he does. And uh, the the scene where he doesn't realize that he'll be meeting with the famed actress uh, during a press junket for her latest film. And he spots a magazine on the counter and says he's there representing Horse and Hound. Uh, it's just like one of the funniest scenes in cinematographic uh, history. About a Boy is my favorite Hugh Grant movie. That's, a, that's a good It's one. an excellent one. That was... Hornby. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good film. But that's good. Okay. What's and, and, and there is a sci-fi connection I feel I should point out. because <laughs> well, Julia nervous. Roberts. Julia Roberts is Julia in a science fiction movie. Right. Because he says, are there any horses in the movie? And she says, well, it's set in space. <laughs> and it's pretty great. Uh, number four is Michael J. Fox's second appearance. And it's The American President. It's, it's very hard to pick... Uh, my, I really like presidents. I like movies about presidents, and it was hard to pick my favorite presidential movie. But the American president, as a just seeing the president of the United that, States playing the chief of staff, out, that beats out Dave. It does. Teen it does Wolf? Even though my, my uncle was in Dave, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, the American president is so good. <laughs> your, your uncle was in Dave, the part of Glenn Fleischman. He is in the Dave Glenn Fleischman. <laughs> <laughs> the American president, I feel in competition with some of these other films on my list uh is is flawed in many ways it's not perfectly written and it's not perfectly performed but the whole truly is greater than its uh its parts as you sum them just because it's i don't know so much of it works so well and just especially if you watch it after having consumed and fully digested the west wing you can appreciate it i think even more and uh it's great it's really good it's basically like the pilot of the west wing i mean it, the west wing was what if we did this as a show right this, exactly this movie. It's, it's, he literally started with you know storylines they dropped from American president right. to start the West Wing, and it's like Martin Sheen, you're the you're the chief of staff. Hmm, how would you like a promotion? Oh, it's on TV, <laughs> but it, technically it's we a promotion. We couldn't get Michael Douglas, and it's 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 crazy to watch the movie now to see because you know Martin Sheen's supposed to be the president, and yet he's not, and it's bizarre. It is weird. It's bizarre. And number five, yes. because nobody has anything else to say about the American president, is. <laughs> You can't handle the truth. Wait, no, that's totally not the <laughs> wrong way. <word. laughs> number five, and I think my favorite movie of the list is Being John Malkovich. Uh-huh. Yes. I like that movie. <laughs> People do like that. I like I like that movie yeah, too. I like that. The only thing I can say about John Malkovich, Being John Malkovich, is that this last uh, over Christmas we had a white elephant party for my roller derby team, and I got a series of uh, like babushka Russian nesting dolls. Matryoshka. Ma- 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 that were yes, shush. Um, you're, but you're they they are in the Dan face. In yes, um, they they had the face of John Malkovich on them, and then when you <laughs> open them up, then there are all the different characters of John Malkovich uh, who go into his brain, and then oh. the the tiniest little one is uh, just a black speck of uh, of nothingness, which <laughs> is a is a little lovely metaphor for the who's bringing movie. the podcast down now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie um Charlie Kaufman's screenplays are all over the place. This is one of for me this is one of the good ones. I have a well-known dislike for adaptation, which is another one of his, but this this That's is I think awful. him on on the upswing. This is a I think right. this is a I really feel like good this one. is this is his this is his grand slam yeah. where everything else I feel like is trying too hard to be John Malkovich-esque. But I mean, when you when you describe, obviously, you cannot describe the premise of being John Malkovich without sounding ridiculous. But what I think is, what, what drives it into excellence is that 
it's not just the ridiculous parts that are ridiculous. It's everything that's ridiculous. The, the you know, moment the, the, when you think it's ridiculous enough and then John Malkovich goes inside his own brain, that, yes. that that's the moment where I was like, okay, wow. What what am I seeing here? So many Malkovichs. Uh, uh, the, the, the seven and a half floor, the the exiting onto the New Jersey Turnpike, the fact that he wants to be a – and becomes eventually uh, the, a famed puppeteer. Like all of it is ridiculous and it's all – I mean I don't know. I think it's great. Right. I can watch. That's uh, the five movies I picked. My selection criteria was movies that I could watch endlessly, forever, whenever they are on. And I think Malkovich holds the the, the championship in that title for me. But I really, yeah, I think it's. Yeah, great. I saw that once in like theaters. I don't think I've ever seen it since, and I think I'm okay with that. I, not that I didn't like it. I just I I can't imagine a scenario in which I was like, yeah, let's really rewatch that. But those are good. Those that was that was a great list. Thank you. Thank you. And nobody. Nobody projectile vomited, as far as I could tell. And if they did, they used their mute switch. So good. good. I locked the door here. Good so if, if they're vomiting elsewhere, I don't know about it in the house. Greg Noss, you, um, you, <laughs> Greg, would you like to pick Star Wars? I would indeed. Okay. And anybody who wouldn't is a soulless, shallow shell of a human being. So with your first selection in the I'm auxiliary okay draft, you're going to take <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars. Nothing but Star- – I mean, and the next four choices are Star Wars as well. All right. We can, we can refer everybody back to our two-part Star Wars podcast where Greg uh, participated and explained very much why uh, life for him is divided into pre-Star Wars and post-Star Wars and it was a life-changing event. And you know what? It is a good movie and, and I, I feel bad that it didn't get picked because I think that Empire just sort of like – everybody was like, all right, we've represented Star Wars and we'll move on. And I, I'm not sure whether that was the right thing to do or not, so – you know, I, I understand the artistic and technical achievement of Empire, but it's just – it's a sequel. It's an, an established universe. It's characters that we already know. It's not going from zero to Star Wars. Now, wasn't it you who told me recently that Aliens was better than Alien? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just because they're, they're different. The Alien and Aliens are two totally different movies. Yeah, they They are. share the characters, they, yeah. but they are two totally different movies. And different genres, even. Um, well, but Star Wars but and Empire setting, are the, the same setting, genre. The characters, the whole tone of the thing was well, pretty much it, built up by Alien. It, but I mean, uh, I, I understand. It, There's it, enough the, difference. The only there. thing that survives is Sigourney Weaver and the Geiger uh, design. Well, yeah, but the whole the whole uh, android that you don't trust and the kind of uh, gritty blue collar spaceman thing that that all comes from the first movie. Yeah, what the if the first movie is space long haul truckers, the second movie is space marines. It's a it's a horror movie versus a war movie. I just think they're two totally different things. And Aliens is better than Alien. To each his own, I say. <laughs> By the way, I like Empire better too. Just letting you know. <laughs> Eat it, lots. Uh, my second choice would have been Monty Python, but that got picked. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am going to substitute the Three Stooges short, A Plumbing We Will Go. As my comedy touchstone. <laughs> wow. If you haven't seen it and you have a Y chromosome, go out and see it now. <laughs> it is, I keep it mine is... in a jar on my desk. <laughs> I keep mine in a little teak box on my nightstand. I keep Lex's in a jar on my desk. <laughs> a little weird. Um, it is funny as hell and it is immature as hell and goofy as hell. And all of those are great things for a young boy growing up who, uh, sees the world through five o'clock reruns on, uh, KTLA in Los Angeles. My third choice would have been breakfast club. And so instead of breakfast club, what we're going to do is just on my day, we will sit in the theater for silently for two hours and weep. (laughs) (laughs) We'll all be miserable. Because that's pretty much my memory of the time that Breakfast Club came Will out. We would invite some football players from a local high school to come and beat people, <laughs> beat the nerds up for two hours. Yes, yes. Tape Greg's Every fifteen together. minutes, some some new bully will rotate through the theater, <laughs> intimidating people, taking their money and, and making and cutting violence about about the people's lives. That's sure. why I felt uh, we should have the Brat Packers come and, and serve popcorn because then we'd all feel better about ourselves. Yeah. So, we'll, so the the jocks will come and beat us up. That's number three. That, which I think encompasses the experience of the Incomparable Film Festival. Um, and then number four, and nobody picked any – sneakers didn't get picked, right? No. It was on somebody's – It was on my honorable mention list. I'm picking War Games. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> it's no, it's no I real genius. You're going to bring but... a tear to John Syracuse's eye. It's mm-hmm. a great movie. It's a lot of fun and uh, – I I wrote a program called Falcon shortly after the movie came out. It, and um, it is a good movie. 
It's no real. It's, it, it, it's it, no real genius, but it is a it is a very good movie. War Games was the first movie I saw that that showed a world that I was into, which was BBSs and and going online and all kinds of super cool stuff that was just starting out that kind of helped build the world that we live in. And uh, I, I connected with me. I, I realized there's a lot of silliness there. You know, Matthew Broderick running around threatening to destroy the world through a 300 baud modem. But it, it it's happened. a great movie. It, it and just it, would have taken a while. Clicks. <laughs> Every one of these movies, top to bottom, is something that changed my life in some way because it spoke to me more than its, its technical sophistication and more than the quality of its writing laser brain. And <laughs> a movie is a piece of art. And you connect to a piece of art independent from every one of those things. And so screw you, Syracuse. <laughs> In summation. That's what I'm really summing up to here. No, but he Mr. Li- Potato Head. But he actually likes War Games. So well, then, I, all right. I, you should have said that earlier. But um, okay, War Games. And then rant, rounding out my rant about art is fifth is twice is, is Die Hard, that well-known <laughs> yes. art film. Yes. Well, Alan Rickman is a, a fantastic actor. Hans Gruber is an amazing character and John McClane's pretty good too. Um, and Die Hard just kind of comes together in a way that defines action movies. Everybody's smart, which is really, really rare. And they all make totally sensible decisions. And it's fun. I, I, I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but Die Hard came at a time in my life when I dropped out of school and was living with my parents and I would go to see the matinees at the local theater because it was two bucks at 11 p.m. And I came out of Dar- die, die Hard at one in the morning, just incredibly amped, too amped to go home and go to sleep. So I just kind of stalked around the barren mall <laughs> pretending I was shooting bad guys. <laughs> You're going to edit this, right, Jason? <laughs> and uh, let's see. I'm doing the math of how old you were when you were doing that. <laughs> 20? Early 20s, Yeah. <laughs> I have not yet seen Die Hard. Have you seen War Games? I have seen War Games. Have you seen Ah. Star Wars? Uh, The first one, yeah. Have you seen A Plumbing We Will Go? No, I'm sorry, (laughs) I have not. Have you you sat in a theater for two hours and cried while jocks beat you up? (laughs) That's why I stopped seeing movies, actually. (laughs) So do we just declare me the victor now or move on to something <laughs> Will else? Will there be bacon martinis served during, I, after the uh, the two hours of silence and sadness? <laughs> so, so the, but the, just to get back to this uh, Star Wars Empire thing, because it did come up, you, you know, your are we can't avoid it. This is what this podcast is about. Your, your argument is, is at, at its core that uh, Star Wars is the original movie and it created the world. And although Empire is a, uh, uh, in many ways, a a better filmmaking achievement. It's better directed. It's got a better budget. The characters are more uh, are given more to do. That that why you prefer Star Wars is because not only was it uh, a revelation because it was completely new when you saw it, but because it set everything into motion. Whereas Empire, all it had to do was take the baton from this incredibly successful first movie. Is that about right? <laughs> Before Star Wars, there was no Star Wars. After Star Wars, it had altered our culture and what a notion of a movie blockbuster was and how movie merchandising was happening. And this seminal event in – I'm willing to guess every one of our lives, or at least the ones who are old enough to have had a pre-Star Wars existence that wasn't you know, in utero. I appreciate Empire. I think it's a great movie. But Star Wars is an experience. It's an event. It's a it's a milestone. Well, it's a cultural this touchstone. This wasn't your five best events, Greg. Come on. Movies. Five <laughs> best movies. And it, this is an event yeah. that's a movie. I agree with it on a seminal point of view. Sure. Star Wars is a very, very important movie. It's just and yet not how my impressive favorite Star is Wars. It that, that Empire, you know, took all of that, iterated on it to a point where it made it even better. <gasps> you can't improve on imp- I'm just perfection. I'm just needling Greg now. <laughs> You know, the Mona Lisa 2.0 was a great picture. That's a great, it's a great picture. <laughs> it's, it's twice as good. Wow. And Syracuse makes the argument that it's a – I'm making a degree of difficulty argument that, that getting Star Wars made and having it be good is harder than getting Empire made and having it be good. But I don't care. I think that that goes into it. Everything that goes into making up Star Wars is part of the film. And to consider it as just a movie – or, or even worse, just a movie that didn't have a time before it existed. 
is missing out on, on what it does and what it created. All right, John Syracuse, it's your turn for rebuttal. <laughs> he had a three-hour rebuttal oh, he's not the here. podcast. <laughs> Hi, John. Sorry. John, after Glenn kills the rest of you, John can come and yeah, kill that's, me. Yeah, that's, I think, exactly what's going to happen. So um, to the existing participants of the, of the movie draft, in, in listening back and, and thinking back to the, 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 the slates that you drafted, do you have any, anything you, uh, you regret or are you pretty happy with your selections? I almost kind of regret not picking Gattaca. Once, uh, once Guy brought it up. There was a lot of Gattaca that, love on Twitter the other night. There was a lot of Gattaca love on Twitter. It was, that movie was on my top five until mid-college. And I haven't thought about it in a couple of years. But there's there's a lot, I mean, that that movie, and I'd say most of Andrew Nichols' stuff is pretty underrated in terms of, I seem to remember not a lot of people were really into it. I saw it first in a biology class of all things, even though it's not exactly the the most accurate representation of of genomic splicing. But it's still the the whole concept of being able to rise above what your your genes are programmed to do and and great performances by all of the cast involved. It's a it's a very solid movie that has this the science fiction bent, but is still very much about, it's a human story. It's, it's very much about Ethan Hawke and, and his journey. And, and there's a family aspect and, and, and really, really cool stuff about, and there's a murder mystery in the middle of it. And it, it's, it's a really, really great movie. I don't know where I would put it in my top five now. Cause it would, it would probably edge out Rocketeer, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. So I don't know. I'm at the same. I, I'm just. I, I'm sad that I did not give it more love. And now you have. No. Yes, and now I have. Now, I, now I have repped lovely, lovely Gattaca. Oh, Gattaca was on my runner-up list. I will point out. Scott, do you have any any regrets, or are you pretty happy with your list as it turns out? I I don't. I live life without regrets, Jason. That's that's good. That's healthy. Dan, do you have any regrets? You happy with your list? All Craig's making me feel guilty about not picking Star Wars, but other than that. <laughs> as as it got deeper in the draft, we kept as you could hear, Greg, on you the, kind on of the podcast, expected someone was gonna pick we, it. We were all like, this still hasn't been taken. It's pretty scary. And yet no no but none of us took it. Well, because it is, you know, going by the metric of movies that I would be happy to watch over and over again, it's certainly on that list. Yeah. But, you know, it's a. Uh, you know, I had already backfilled the rest of my list, so it found a home where it belongs. Right with somebody oh, who loves I, it. I wanted to leave. Uh, yeah, I wanted to leave it for Greg. Is really the the answer. Okay, that's good. Steve, you have. Uh, are you happy looking back on your picks? You. you, you I have good? not a regret in the world. Uh, love my choices. That's, that's what terrifies the rest of us. Couldn't couldn't care less that uh, a whopping eight people will be in the theater <laughs> with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, plus all the season, all the the day pat, uh, you know, the week long pass people, they'll be there. You can borrow some bullies if you want. <laughs> how much? I, how many votes would a week long pass without Steve's have gotten? Just a- <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man. oh, you're not invited. I could have said about day, Glenn, but he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> I'm just making friends all over the place tonight. I like my day, and I knew that I would alienate some people with the the horror selections. So that's that's all cool. I like them. Happy with it. Yeah, I'll be there for Babe. More bacon martinis for me. Exactly. And the Brat Pack, serving popcorn. They're, they're a lot easier to get than you might think. Yeah, they're available. <laughs> yeah, Babe, we couldn't get Babe. We could get the Brat Pack. <laughs> oh, I got Babe. Uh, yeah, Babe's <laughs> in Who the Who do you think's in the Merc Ribs? It, it was really hard on me not including um, Spaceballs uh-huh. in my list. Ugh. Mel Brooks. Thanks Couldn't for adding that in my get list. Through Spaceballs. It was awful. You know, I think, I think if Spaceballs had been picked in the actual draft and Star Wars hadn't Nos would not be here today. He would have died. I mean, there are, there are so many other better Mel Brooks movies to pick. So many. So many. Places and better battles. Star Wars parodies to pick. And better... Movies. Yes. Oh. Yeah, take that, Lex. We can agree to disagree, you miserable <laughs> bastards. Well, when you've seen all of 12 films, you know... <laughs> Listen, see, of he's the, got a big how, hat. How funny so could funny. that parody have possibly have been the, for you? Of the Star Wars movies I've seen, Spaceballs seemed like a fairly decent parody. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. I mean, you got like half the jokes. <laughs> now, I really, everything I know about Star Wars, I learned from Spaceballs. <laughs> Jesus, Lex. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, so that wraps up. 
part three of the our two part movie draft. Aren't you glad you stuck around for part three? Yeah, who knew there was going to even be a part three? But there was just so much. There was so much acclaim. People loved That's it right. so much. Overwhelming demand. That's right, and especially um, days that weren't Glenn's or or Steve's. Mm. <laughs> but I like them all. Except for Glenn's. No, I like them all. <laughs> I like not even Glenn like. I like them all, and I liked I like Lex's, and I I liked Greg's, except for the part where burly, popular people come and beat us up <laughs> while we cry. <laughs> that part I didn't like. Hey, it, it's about high it school. It's about high school. Uh, Was your I experience think I'd rather, any different? Rather just go see the Breakfast Club <laughs> at that point. So, uh, so next week we will be back with a, a with part four. No, with with a with, <laughs> where we where we this pick the movies we haven't seen. Podcast. Um, yeah, we're just gonna do this forever. We just we'll do five more picks, more you know, five more rounds, just forever until every movie is picked. Um, no, next week we'll be back with something much more reasonable, like an edition of our book club, because we also read books. We don't just argue about movies that we've seen. So until next week, when we will be back with uh, with the book club. Uh, talking about apocalypses and the end of the world. So that'll be some on a light note. That'll be, and John Syracuse is on that podcast. So John Syracuse plus the end of the world. Fantastic. There's a laugh. Right. You will, you will, you will That's go the, into uh, that sequel to Scott Pilgrim. Come, come depressed and you will leave on an up note. That's all I'll say about that episode. <laughs> it actually will turn. It may, I went in feeling sad and I came out. John Syracuse turned me all the way around about the apocalypse because he is going <laughs> to in sur- favor of it. He's going to, he's in favor of it and he's going to survive it. <laughs> he, he is in favor of Pro it. apocalypse guys. I, I, I still question his reasoning, but, but you know. we'll save that for next week. So, uh, so until then, I want to thank my guests, uh, the the drafters from the movie draft, who did a great job with really great picks. Dan Morin, thank you for being here and recapping your picks. It's always a pleasure. I'm just here for the paycheck. Yes. Yes, it's in the mail. Uh, Scott McNulty, thank you, as always. I'm number four. I'm number four. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're whatever metal comes after bronze. Exactly. Serenity Caldwell, thank Bad. you. Thank you. Thank you. No, no, thank you. Steve Lutz, thank you. Oh, you're thanking me too. I, I am thanking you. you. I'm just not going to make you eat it. The, the good picks. Yeah. Mm. Well, well, you're welcome. I thought, I thought, thank you. I, I liked your selections too. I, I went out and I saw, I saw Caddyshack. I watched Caddyshack again just because of you. You're a good man. Yeah. Baby Ruth in the pool. That's, yes. that's classic, man. That's classic. Can't beat it. Lex Friedman, you haven't seen Caddyshack, have you? I have. You have? I have. Did you like it? I enjoyed Caddyshack. I own Caddyshack on digital video disc, wow. in fact. See? You see? Yeah. Mm. That's the yeah, Lex you're going, Friedman. You're going to use him stamp as, approval. A, as example? Yeah. Well, he's just very selective. That's right. That's, that's all. right. I only pick the greats. Really, if Lex has seen it, that's an endorsement. Because well, otherwise he could just not have seen it. See, before he was naive, but now that he likes one of my movies, he's selective. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> that's that's good strategy. And, uh, and Greg Noss, thanks for being here and defending the honor of uh of a movie that is considered to be one of the one of the most impressive and important movies ever released may the force be with you oh where'd that come from oh that's right uh, Empire Strikes Strikes was it a plumbing we will go bastards <laughs> i'm gonna beat glenn to every one of you bastards all right everybody neutral neutral corners neutral corners thanks to everybody for listening and voting and sending their feedback and until next week, thank you for patronizing your incomparable film festival. Goodbye. Oh, may the force be with you. <laughs> uh, no, that was not cool. <laughs> too far. Too far. <laughs>